return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. The will of the Father, and I talked about it on Sunday. I want to tell Pastor Dave thank you for this opportunity to come and minister tonight. And... uh, so we talked uh, Sunday, uh, March 10th, about God's will and how we look at His will in two ways. And we look at it, one, individual events in our life that shape who we are, and two, what God wants our ministry to be. And so those are the kind of the two uh, wills or the plans He has for us. And we talked about how the first way, and how a lot of times there's a misconception that when something happens, when anything in our, anything in our life happens, good or bad, it's always God's will and a part of our plan. Now, that's a big misconception in the body of Christ. You know, and, and, uh, or that God took so-and-so away because it was his will. Well, we know that, that the Bible specifically says in 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, that for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then it says again in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. Amen. So, you know, talking about waiting, you know, if there's something, if there's a promise that we're waiting for, God isn't uh, slack. The Lord isn't slack concerning the promises that he has for you. Amen. But he's long-suffering. He waits for us. Amen. He waits for us to... To get uh, to draw near to Him, you know, it said I'm going to talk about it later. But when we draw near to God, He draw near, draws near to us. Amen. And so, um, God just wants all men to be saved. He wants all men to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as long as it takes, you know, you see people that are living for the devil that live to be 105 years old, right? And uh, and just like He wanted us to be saved, He wanted us to come to that knowledge. He wants that person to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ yeah. as well. Yeah. No matter how bad that person was, amen, Joshua Blyhe was killed. He, he, I don't know if you've, if you've watched his testimony, or it's actually a, a, a documentary on, yeah. on General, name is General Buttnaked, right. but he admitted to killing over 20,000 people directly. Yeah. 20, he admitted it in the court. Yeah. And, uh, and, by the grace of God, he was exonerated from the war crimes. Yeah. And it was, uh, if you've seen it, you hear when he says it, and there's a gasp. I mean, there's just a gasp in the audience. You know, and, but praise God that God has a plan for his life. And he had a plan for his life. Yeah. Amen. No matter what we do, now, I don't think any of our crimes are going to be that bad, right? But no matter what we do, he has a plan for your life. We also said that God's word is God's will. And we went through 13 scriptures that tell us who God is and what he's about. Through these scriptures, we at a minimum know that he loves us very much, that he's righteous, that he's trustworthy, he's truthful, and that he only wants good things for us. At a minimum, that's God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
And so if we ask for good things, God will give us good things because every good and every perfect gift is from God. We also looked at Isaiah 53 where it says, Jesus already took our grief and our sorrows and he was already wounded and bruised. And uh, through that, not only we do we... Through that, not only do we receive the gift of salvation if we ask, but we also have peace with God. Uh, when that happened, you know, when Jesus came to earth, uh, the angels said, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Well, God's goodwill towards men. Amen. So his wrath wasn't poured out on man anymore. Amen. Uh, for any sin, there had to be bloodshed. Right. And so in the Old Testament, you have all these evil nations, you know, and all these nations that in the New Testament, if they were living now, God would still be wanting them to, to come to repentance, yeah. right? And even at the time, he wanted them, you know, to come to repentance. But because Jesus hadn't come yet, there had, for any evil, for any wickedness, there had to be bloodshed. And that was the law of God, right? And so now, since Jesus completely wiped out everything, all the transgressions, nailed everything to the cross, Shed his perfect blood. Amen. That blood covers, it says, um, that blood, it says love covers a multitude of sins. Well, Jesus' blood covered sins that we haven't even committed yet. Amen. To the end of the age. Amen. And so we no longer have to worry about God's wrath on people, on cities. Amen. Um, On wickedness. Because Jesus already took care of that. Amen. And so it's not a sin issue. It's not receiving the free gift of what God has for us, which is salvation through his son. Amen. And so uh, it means that God isn't mad at us. It means that he isn't taking judgment and wrath out on the world anymore. Also, God doesn't give us sickness or disease so that he can do a work in us. We looked at John 9 when there was a blind man who was healed and how original translations were a product of what the church thought at the time. Amen. And so even, even... Somebody can be the most spiritual person, have, have prophecies that are accurate 99% of the time. But it's still through a human lens. It's still, we still have to, you know, God gives us knowledge and he gives us interpretations and tongues. Amen. But we still have to say it. Amen. So nobody, we know that nobody's perfect. We know that we can never, we're never always going to get it right. Right. And so, same thing with the translators of the, of the Old and New Testament. John 9.3 says, it says in uh, New King James, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but the work of God should be revealed in him. And if you look at that, it looks like that God caused this so that he could bring glory to himself by healing this person. All right, but this could also be translated, we looked at, uh, Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but let the works of God um, be revealed in him. Yeah. Amen. And so, if you, cha- if, you just, if you just change that one word, mm-hmm. amen, it really... It, it more lines up with the nature of God. Right. Amen. And so if there's ever a time where you're questioning a scripture, um, pray about it. Yeah. S- search it out. You know, find, you know, it says um, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, you know, find in a couple, two or three places, amen, that, that line up with each other, amen, amen yeah. and you're going to be all right. Yep. All right, almost done recapping here. <laughs> we have an adversary who wants to destroy our lives. So things do happen. Bad things happen for two reasons. One, Satan does attack us. Amen. We do have an adversary, the devil. And two, we live in an imperfect world. Amen. And so I talked about the lady at the grocery store. She didn't shortchange me because Satan was trying to attack me. She shortchanged me because she's imperfect. We live in an imperfect world. She's not, uh, she didn't do the math right. Amen. Or he didn't do the math right. Amen. 
And then lastly, we said there are three ways we can respond. We can get mad at God, wondering why he allowed things to happen. We can turn away from God and wallow in our self-pity, which I've done that before. I haven't turned away from God, but I've wallowed in my self-pity. Or we can turn to God and humble ourselves before God and make the best of our situations. Amen. So what Satan means for evil, God turns around and weaves it together for good. All right. It's a recap of last time. Tonight I want to talk about God's will and God's plan for our life and for our ministry. Amen. And so we all have a calling of what God wants us to do and where he wants us to be. Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which with, with which you were called. Amen. So we all have a calling. Amen. And Paul asked them to walk worthy of that calling. Amen. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. Right? And so we each have a calling, but we need to know what that calling is and how to listen to the Holy Spirit for that calling. Amen. It's very important that you know the voice of the Lord. You know, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because it says his sheep knows his voice. Amen. Amen. And so first we need to understand how to hear the Holy Spirit. So a lot of times things won't be written in the stars for us. Amen. There's not going to be a voice coming from an earthquake or anything like that. We're not going to see Jesus in a vision necessarily or in a dream. Right. These things happen. Amen. But most of the time God is going to whisper to us different things. If you look at 1 Kings 19, uh, 11 and 12, he said, uh, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Amen. So there's three miraculous things that happened, the Lord wasn't any of that. But after the fire, a still small voice. And so many times, so often, Christians miss the still small voice because they're looking for the fire. And they're looking for the earthquake. They're looking for the wind. Amen. But if we focus just on God, amen, we focus on Jesus, we're going to hear the still small voice. You know, and I've wondered before, why does he speak to us in a whisper? Why does he speak to us in a still small voice? You know, I would love to have Jesus visit me in a dream or a vision. Can you imagine? Amen? But I heard somebody say one time, if you go to James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. Amen. And so as children of God, we are told to draw near to him. If I'm standing close to Pastor Dave and I'm standing just very far, you know, very close to Pastor Dave and I whisper, Pastor Dave is going to be able to hear me. Amen. So if we draw near to God, God doesn't have to scream at us. Amen. And as children of God, that's what we're supposed to do. Right. And so, you know, if you have a best friend or, you know, my children, my wife, you know, and I'm hugging them, I whisper. So you're going to hear me really, really well. Amen. So God doesn't want to scream at us. Amen. Amen. He doesn't want us to be so far apart where he has to yell and he has to make a lot of noise. Amen. Yes. He will. You know, there, you hear some people that aren't close to God, that aren't believers and just miraculous thing. I mean, Pastor Dave heard a voice yeah. that said, Dave, what are you, what are you doing? Why, what are you doing here? Yeah. Amen. And that would be a, a wind, probably, type of a, an experience. Amen. Just to hear a voice. Yeah. Almost audible, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when we're his children, amen, he whispers to us. Yes. He doesn't raise his voice at us. Yes. Amen. And so, 
we want to draw near to him. We draw near to him by spending time in praise and worship. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Amen. So that's the pastor. He always says that's the password to his presence. Amen. His worship is is, uh, thanksgiving. We spend time in prayer and we spend time reading our Bible. Amen. And those are the how we, that's how we draw near to him. And that's how he speaks to us. Amen. Yeah. I, you know, we have, occasionally we have a tongue and interpretation during worship. And when we're praising and worshiping the Lord, amen, he'll speak to us. Yeah. Amen. Or when we're in prayer, you know, we're in intercessory prayer, just praying, maybe God will put uh, a person in your mind to pray for. Yeah. Amen. And you've heard, there's been many stories. Kenneth Hagin had a story where he was woken up at three in the morning to pray for somebody, and so he just prayed, and he prayed and prayed until the burden lifted, yeah. and then found out this, this person was in an accident around, like, during that time. Yeah. You know, so when we're in prayer, amen, the Lord speaks to us. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, you know, when we're reading our Bible, amen, we, we might see something differently. We might see something in, uh, in a way that we've never seen it before, amen, because the, the Word of God has levels, amen, so you can look at one scripture a thousand times, and a thousand times you can get something different out of that scripture. Because yeah. there's, no, uh, there's no end to what God has for you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so God has a plan for our ministry and where he wants us to be. In Acts 18, 20 and 21, it says, uh, Luke says here, when, when they asked Paul to stay longer, to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. Amen. So he wanted to stay. Amen. He wanted to stay with the Ephesians, but he knew that he needed to do the Lord's will in Jerusalem. He needed to be in Jerusalem. I mean, they wanted him to come back, and he said, if God wills, I will come back. And so this word wills or willing in the Greek is the word thalo, which means to choose or prefer or to desire. So if God desires me to come back, I will come back. So God's will is God's desire. Amen. So whatever he desires you to do, that's his will for your life. Amen. It's his choice or his preference. So Paul says that he will return to Ephesus if God desires him to. If the best thing for the kingdom was for Paul to go back to Ephesus, God would take him back to Ephesus. Amen. A lot of times we think of God's will for our lives from only our perspective. It's like, okay, where do I want to go to serve God, right? Um, I hope he doesn't want me to go there. I'm going to pray against that place. I'm going to pray to go here, amen. I'm going to pray to go to Hawaii where it's nice and warm, right? Amen. You know, I'm going to, Lord, just send me to Hawaii. Just, if you do that, I'll be, I'll be fine, right? And we completely miss the whole reason for our ministry. Yeah. When we think of it from our perspective, we can, we can completely miss what God has for us. Yeah. Amen. And the assignments that he has for us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so, God's will for us, amen, his assignment is to make disciples. Amen. Not necessarily in the place that we really think we should be, amen, 
Or, you know, maybe it's not in a place that you're going to be ministering to thousands and thousands of people. Although through Facebook Live and different things, this church ministers to thousands and thousands of people. Amen. But it might be in your job. It might be at the church that you're at. It might be in the town that you're at. Amen. And so, you know, if we look at it from that perspective, amen, then we can see a bigger picture. Amen. So we need to think bigger than us. We need to be thinking about our ministry from a kingdom perspective. Amen. So we need to look at it from God's perspective. Amen. Where can we do uh, the most for Jesus? Amen. It might not be where we want to go. Amen. But it's where God has called us to be. Amen. And so we should be asking the question, where can the Lord use us most effectively for his kingdom and to reap a harvest? Because that's, that's the important thing, is reaping a harvest. Every year, Pastor Dave and Jeannie, you know, pray about going back to India. They pray about going back to Africa or anywhere else in the world. They don't just assume that God wants them to go back every year. Right. Amen. And there might be a year where the, it just doesn't work out. Right. That's okay, because, yeah. because I tell you what, wherever they go, God has a ministry for them in that area, in that place. Amen. And so we don't want to just assume God's will for our life. Amen. I, I, I felt called to the ministry when I was, you know, ten, about ten and a half years ago now. And uh, I wanted to go to Ramah right away. I just, I'm done with school. I'm going. But I didn't have any money. <laughs> I didn't have the resources to go. But I, I'm going to go. I'm going in faith. Amen. And, uh, you know, what the devil meant for evil, God brought, about to, brought back to good. But I didn't go to Ramah right away. <laughs> Amen. And, I, you know, it's been ten and a half years since I felt the call of God on my life to pastor. And so, um, you know, but I look at that and I look at what God did through me and for me through that ten and a half years. Yep. Amen. If you let him, while you're waiting, he will do a work in you. Amen. Yeah. If he, it says if he's done a good work in you, he'll be faithful to complete it. Amen. If he started a good work in you, he'll be faithful. So if he starts a good work at you here in Brookings or in this church, he's going to be faithful to complete it. Amen. Yes. We always want to go off of God's last word. Yes. Amen. What the, what's the last thing he told you of your calling? Yes. Amen. Stay there until he tells you something else. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't try to rush God. He's never late and he's never early. Amen. Yes. And so, you know, maybe it's not a place. Maybe you know that he's called you to Brookings or to the Brookings area. Amen. But you're not sure what he wants you to do here. Amen. The first thing that I always encourage people is get involved with your local church. Yeah. Amen. That's always God's will, is for you to be involved in your local yeah. church. Amen. Yeah. And it's God's will that we do something in the church, capital C, in the body of Christ, yeah. but then also as members of the local church. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. Amen. We're the body. We're part of the whole body. But then we're also members individually. Amen. So we each have a function, right? And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. And I want to look at helps is a big ministry. Helps is an important ministry. Amen. And a a lot of the ministry opportunities in the church here are helps ministries. Amen. And so we each have a function in our local church. If you're unsure of what ministry of the ministry that God has for you, start out by volunteering at the church. 
And, you know, maybe some, somebody can't volunteer in a, uh, in taking over a responsibility way. Amen. But we all have responsibilities, right? We all have responsibilities to pray for the church, to pray for our community. You have responsibilities to tithe. Amen. And if you're able-bodied, there's other volunteer opportunities here. Amen. And so, I'm not saying this as a, as a plea for people to come and do things, but I'm saying this because it's a blessing to those who do it. Amen. I mean, God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us richly, and that's one of the ways. Amen. Amen. And so, we always want to be kingdom-minded. Yeah. I mean, God's will is pretty simple on the surface. He wants as many people as possible to be saved. I mean, He wills that nobody perish. He wants everybody to be saved. Yeah. I mean, that's God's will yeah. for us. So instead of looking at God's will for our life through our, a, a micro lens, just, just according to us, amen, let's look through a macro lens. When it comes to our ministry, where are we most beneficial to further God's kingdom? Amen. Where area do you believe you can have the most impact on souls? Amen. And that's, that's really the heart of what God wants. Amen. If we love people, we're doing what God wants us to do. Amen. So anywhere, it doesn't matter if you're in between, if you have no idea what God has called you to do, in a, you know, in a ministry type of a way. But our ministry is always to love people. Yep. Amen? And so, every, even if you're not sure of what your overall ministry is, there's a ministry that you're starting right now. Yep. I mean, you're a part of a ministry right now. Amen? Loving people. Yep. So I believe he wants us to be uh, in certain places for certain reasons. Yeah. Amen? I believe we're in Brookings area for a reason. Amen? Amen? I don't think it was an accident that I was at Diatronics for 10 years before I, before I came here. Amen. And I think, I, and I know that each one of you has a sphere of influence, either with your family or friends or coworkers or employees, if you're a supervisor or anything like that. Amen. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason that you're surrounded by those people. Yeah. Amen. Because you can reach those people. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, there's no accidents you know, with God's will for our life. Yeah. Amen. There's, yeah. I've heard of, uh, like, divine appointments or divine um, meeting people, and it just kind of, you're like, how did I, how did I meet this person? We're not even from the same walk of life. We've never, yeah. ever crossed paths. Amen. That's a sign. That's a, that's a, a still small voice telling you, hey, witness to this person. Yeah. You know, bring some sunshine into this person's life. Amen. Hallelujah. First yeah. Corinthians seven twenty four or twenty through twenty four. <clears throat> each one this is amplified, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called, where you were a bond servant when he called. Do not be concerned about it, but if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bond servant is a, is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise he who is free when called is a bond servant of Christ. Yeah. You will you were brought you were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let, there let him remain with God. Amen. And so what Paul's saying here is that a lot of times we're called right where we are. Amen. A lot of times where you're at in, lo- you know, where you're at in a specific location, that's where God has called you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so if the Lord tells you to go somewhere else, by all means, you know, as far as missions trips or a different part of the country or whatever, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit, right? But a lot of times, amen, we're looking, we're searching, okay, where's God going to put me? Where is he going to put me? 
And he's saying, I'm, I'm putting you right here. <laughs> this, is, this is where you are. This is where I'm going to grow you. Amen. And so we want to make sure that, that we don't miss that. We don't miss the calling that we have to the people around us, the area around us. Amen. Jesus tells his disciples in John to lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. He didn't say, hey, come over here and look and lift up your eyes over here yeah. or go over there, amen. Right where you are, lift up your eyes because the fields are white for the harvest. In Brookings, the fields are white in the Brookings area for the harvest. Yep. Amen. There's a lot of people that need Jesus. Amen. amen. There's a lot of souls that could be one for Jesus. Yes. Amen. So if you're struggling with, you know, with being in Brookings or where God wants you, amen, just, just grow where you're planted right now. Yes. Amen. Because God's timing is never off. You can and you should make an impact right where you're at. Now, if you want another job, that's fine. Amen. If there's, if you just don't like your job, find another job. You know, and you know, but make sure you find a job before you quit your your last one. Amen. I have some stories about that. Amen. Um, You know, but we don't want to be so blinded by our desires that we lose sight of the people in our sphere of influence that need Jesus. Amen. So. While you're looking for another job, while you're while you're pursuing some, while you're figuring out what God wants from you, Amen. Grow where you're planted. Influence people where you are. Be a light for Jesus where you are. We should pray about where God wants us, not for our sakes, but for His will. Amen. Where do we make the Where do we make the most impact? And if you don't feel called where you are, be patient and be active. Amen. Now, Jennifer preached the rest of my sermon, but uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what was, what was talked about at the conference. Um, so Isaiah 40:31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So patience is key to ministry. Yeah. Amen. I mean, you can be, sometimes we're so excited to get to the next step of our ministry, I mean, that we don't. Focus on the ministry that we're called to right now, right? And so, like Jennifer said, being active, amen, while being patient is just as key. Amen. So many times we think when we wait on the Lord, it's like we're being waited to call into a doctor's office. And it's just like kind of waiting, reading a magazine, or looking on Facebook, right? Amen. But it is, it's, it's a participation, uh, you have to participate when you wait on the Lord. Amen? And, like Jennifer said, waiting on the Lord is more like waiting tables at a restaurant. Amen? Have you ever had a bad waiter or a waitress? Where it's like, you know, you can't, you want your water filled. Anne's a waitress. She's a good waitress, though. Very good. But you're waiting on your water, and you can't can't find your your waiter. And, uh, like, 15 minutes later, they show up, and you're already ready for the ticket, but you still want to eat some water. Right? That's a bad waiter. That's a waiter that doesn't care about you, doesn't care about your food, yeah. <laughs> doesn't care about, maybe they're having a bad day, or maybe they don't, they're, uh, they're just, uh, maybe they're just not very good at their job, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the kind of waiter we want to be. Right. Amen. A good waiter is right there to ready to fill up your water glass without you even asking. Amen. They're always active with a smile on their face, ready to praise you. If you order something, they say, oh, that's a great choice. Or, I always get that, you know. They're really excited about what you want to order. Amen. At fancy restaurants, I might say, bravo, or fine choice, sir. 
Amen. But either way, they're, they're pulling for you. They're praising what you're saying, what, you're, what the choices that you're making. Amen. Good waiters and good waitresses wait- always, uh, waiters on the Lord always have praise on their lips. Yeah. Amen. And so as we wait for the Lord, we should always have praise of thanksgiving on our lips. Amen. Amen. Good waiters are, waiters are always active. God always has assignments for us while we wait on him. Amen. Mm-hmm. So while we're waiting, there's different things that he's having us do. Good waiters do whatever they can for those they're waiting on. He told a story that he went to a west restaurant and wanted a Dr. Pepper, as Andrew pointed out. And the waitress said, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have Dr. Pepper. And he stared at her and jokingly said how sad he was that didn't have Dr. Pepper. So he ordered something else, and he, uh, ten minutes later, so he sees her coming towards her with a tray. On the tray was a two liter of Dr. Pepper. And she told him that she saw that he really wanted a Dr. Pepper, so she had the busboy go to the store, get a two liter of Dr. Pepper, and bring it back. And I thought, that's amazing. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. And so, you know, I think about that just in, in ministry and while we're waiting on the Lord. Amen. And what, would, what did she do? She went above and beyond what even he could even imagine, amen, her doing. Yeah. We want to go above and beyond for Jesus. Amen. Take, take advantage of every opportunity to, to please the Lord. Amen. Good waiters wait with joy. Amen. I don't want a grumpy waiter. Eh, what do you want to eat? Right. Yeah, we don't have it. Sorry. We don't have Dr. Pepper. Wow. Right? That's not fun. I'm not going to give that waiter a good tip. Probably. Amen. We want somebody that is excited that they're waiting on you. Yes. Is there anything I can do for you? Anything at all? Wow, I am really getting close to that. Past time here. Um, amen. And so lastly, good waiters are quick to hear and obey. Amen. Don't miss God's assignments for you by sleeping on your job. Amen. Always be listening for the voice of Jesus. And when he tells you to do something, just do it. Obey the voice of the Lord. Amen? James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And when the Bible says that many are called and few are chosen. So if we, you know, if we don't want to do things for his kingdom, and we just want to do things for ourselves, he's going to let us do that. Yep. Amen? He's not going to push us into any direction. Mm. He might try to guide us. Amen? The Holy Spirit is going to continue to whisper a still small voice in your ear. Amen? But he's not going to push us. I mean, if we hear the word and we choose not to do it, our ministry is not going to grow. Yeah. Our sphere of influence isn't going to grow. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so that's why we need to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to speak to us. Amen. Amen. And choose us to do the work of whatever ministry he has for us. Yeah. I mean, he wants to choose you. Amen. He's called you already, but he wants you to want to be chosen. Amen. And he wants to choose you. And we just have to listen. We have to obey the word of God. Amen? All right. Well, Father, we thank you for tonight. Pray for uh, just a great uh, testimonies from the kids for the the youth conference, Lord. We just thank you that your presence is here tonight, where two or three are gathered together in your name. You are there in the midst. Lord, I just declare blessing, Lord, on each person here. Lord, if anybody is, is confused or doesn't know what you have called them to do, Father, I just pray for... Um, revelation, Father, for knowledge in that calling, in that ministry, Lord, in Jesus' name, yes. that they know what kind of anointing that they have, Father, and that they, they pursue it aggressively in Jesus' name. Yes. I thank you for a great rest of the week, yes. uh, a great weekend.
this weekend with Audrey Matt coming here, Lord, that the place is packed, that the pastor's conference is packed. Yes, Lord. Lord, in all for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.